Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come to worship. Uh, we draw around the Lord's table today uh, in this service of Holy Communion. As we remember his life, his death, and his uh, resurrection, the power and the authority that that brings into our lives through that one complete and all-sufficient sacrifice. So whether you've joined us in person or indeed online today, we bid you uh, a warm welcome. This is how God shows love amongst us, that he sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place. We know that you are present with us, whether we are here or in our daily routines throughout the rest of the week. But yet in setting time aside, collectively to be together with one purpose and one voice, give your honour and our praise, to bring before you our thoughts, our prayers, our petitions, our burdens, to hear your word read and proclaimed over us. Father, we thank you as we open our hearts to what you would do amongst us. We pray that your transformative Holy Spirit will be about his business in this place today. In your name. Amen. So the reading today comes from the book of Colossians um, as we start this new series um, looking unto Jesus um, and it's Colossians chapter 1 and we start at verse 1. This Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always uh, thank God for the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and the love that spring up from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you've already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you all over the world. This gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing amongst you since the day you heard it and understood. You understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. And he also told us of your love in the Spirit. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for who you are and all you've done for us. Today we thank you for your word. A word that is living and active. A word that speaks into the very depths of our souls and our being. And as we break open a new book in the Bible today to look through this series, Lord, we pray that as we open Colossians, many not for the first time, but as we open it afresh and anew, that the power of your Spirit would be amongst us, revealing to us the truths that are hidden, that we might see you more clearly and love you more dearly. As we look unto Jesus, we might see him bigger and bolder and even more than we could even imagine. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. <coughs> um, well, uh, whenever I asked about uh, what uh, shop is your favourite, one of the really encouraging things maybe uh, was the number of the children that actually were citing places where they would get books, uh, places where they could go to purchase something to read. Um, I don't know how many of you actually like reading. Many likes reading. Who are avid readers here? Oh, quite a few. That's good. Um, and we probably all read different genres, genres as well, uh, different types of books. 
bear with a minute. Um, maybe some read romantic novels, some read thrillers, some read suspense, some read mysteries, some read historical, um, some read true, true crime, some read um, like life stories, biographies or autobiographies. We all read maybe different types of things or we all enjoy reading different types um, of books. And in a sense, the Bible is a collection of different types of books, different types of genre that's put together. And Colossians is a letter written to the early church in Colossae. Um, so it's a letter written by the Apostle Paul uh, and now recorded for the church everywhere for us to learn from um, and to grow in. I know about you, whenever you're reading a book, um, hands up if whenever you get the book, you're, you skip the prologue and the intro and chapter one. No? No, you wouldn't do that? Okay. But yet, whenever we read a book of the Bible, we imagine that the first few verses are really irrelevant to the rest of it. We kind of miss what's contained in the first few verses. Can we read it really quickly? Because often it's I, Paul, write a letter to you in, the, in Colossae. And we skip over some of the real details, some of the important things that sets the scene for what is going to come in the rest of the book. And we wouldn't do that whenever we're sitting reading at home uh, or reading some of our favorite books. But yet sometimes we try to do things like that whenever we read the Bible. We skip over bits of it because we think that's really familiar. I've heard that before, read it before. I'll skip over it. Uh, or it's only the beginning. It's a, it's a list of names and genealogies. Can't even pronounce half of them. So I'll just move on really quickly. And we miss some of the truth that's contained therein that sets the scene for what is coming in the rest of that particular book in the Bible. And so there's three things, Presbyterian, um, there's three things um, that stand out um, in this particular intro, if you like, to the book um, of Colossians. And one is that the very heart of this letter is the God that we serve. The very heart of this letter is the God that we serve. Verse 3 says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And whenever we look then into verse 8, we see uh, the last verse that we read today, and also to, told us of your love for the Holy Spirit. And there in the beginning of this book, we see the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit the very heart of his character, the very heart of his makeup, the very heart of who he is and what he has come to do. The loving Father, the sacrificing Son, and the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying to the church in Colossae and to the church today, the same God is with you now, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now we could do a whole series on the Trinity and what the Trinity means and how we can understand the Trinity and how the three can fit into one and the one is three uh, without straying into any kind of heresy, which we'll see might come a little bit later uh, in this book. But sometimes the mystery of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, is one of those things that we, we have to acknowledge it's a mystery, but I believe it. I know it to be true because I've experienced the love of the Father. I've experienced the forgiveness of the Son and I know the presence of the Holy Spirit with me. So it is true. 
So firstly, the heart, in the first few verses, we see the heart of the letter shows the God that we serve, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The second thing is the importance of the gospel. In these verses, we see the importance of the gospel. It's not something we do. The gospel is not something that we do. Rather, it's something that we hold and something that we tell. The fact that you're here today probably is because someone told you about here. Whether that was a parent who brought you here, whether it was a friend who invited you here, whether that's because you knew someone else who came here and you thought, I'll give it a go. Maybe somebody else has told you something about this place. And the same is true of Jesus. We often come to know him as a personal Lord and Savior because someone else has told us about him. The telling of the good news of the gospel is of vital importance. And it's not something that we do. We don't do the gospel. We hold it. We remain faithful to it. We hold on to what has been, the faith that has been passed on to us in order that we can pass it on to the generation that comes after us. And we tell it to anyone who will listen to us about it. And we can tell it in lots of different ways. We can tell it in a street corner with a microphone and a soapbox. We can tell it through our words and our actions. We can tell it by visiting our neighbours and showing random acts of kindness, by showing love. We can tell it by drawing alongside someone, walking through a journey of illness or pain or suffering with them and simply being there and showing them that you love them, that God loves them. And there'll come moments in each of those situations where there'll be times where someone might well ask, why are you doing what it is that you're doing? And those are the moments where we get to then tell or to share our own faith, our own story. And each of us will share that story, that gospel story for you in a different way. Because only you can tell your story. And so we hold it and we tell it because it's a message of truth that needs to be heard. We hear that in verse 6. That has come to you all over the world. This gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing amongst you since the day you heard it and understood it. God's grace in all of its truth. It's heard and it's understood, and it's learnt. In verse 7, you learned it from Epaphras. That's the moment where we see that Paul probably never actually visited this early church in Colossians. In Colossae, he had sent some of his disciples, some of his followers, some of the people who were helping him to plant churches, to go and to encourage them, to speak to them, and to tell them the good news. Effectively, Epaphras was like the evangelist who went to Colossae to tell them about Jesus and what Jesus had done. He's only able to do that because Paul had told him about it. Paul's only able to do it because the Holy Spirit visited him and opened his eyes so that he could see Jesus instead of persecuting him. So, the heart of the letter is the God that we serve, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The importance of the gospel is something that we hold and something that we tell because we hear it, we understand it, we learn it, and we grow in it. And a really good way to do that is to be a part, in this context, to be a part of a life group uh, where we kind of wrestle with what it is that we do on a Sunday that little bit deeper um, during the week. We, we learn from each other. Uh, we share with each other. 
Um, you're never forced to speak out. You're never uh, encouraged to share anything you don't want to share, but uh, that opportunity to learn and to share and to wrestle together as we grow and mature in our faith. And thirdly, um, Christian virtues that demonstrate the fruit of our faith. See, in verse 4 it says this, Because we've heard of your faith in Jesus Christ, of the love that you have for all the saints, the faith and the love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. Faith, love, hope. Three amazing things, aren't they? Um, Faith. The ability to walk by faith and not by sight. The ability to stand on a promise that maybe others can't see or understand because their eyes are different because Jesus does not live within them. But to know that his promise is true and real and that we can rely on it means that we can have faith, which sparks hope. Because then we see that he's bigger than me. He's magnified, and so he is much bigger than I am, which actually means that my situation becomes that little bit smaller because the God that I worship is bigger than anything else that can be thrown at him. So faith sparks hope and hope sparks love because once we have faith and hope, we begin to love and love begins to flow out of us. We begin to want to share and to tell and to hold the faith that we have in order that we can show and tell it to other people. That's the three things that this intro to this book of Colossians, if you like, um, gives to us, throws at us. But yet often we might skip over that and think, there wasn't really a lot in there. He just was basically saying, I, do you know what? You have faith in Jesus and then Jeropaphras will come and see you. We miss the very heartbeat of who God is. We miss the vital importance of the story that we have been entrusted with. And we miss the hope and the faith and the love that has been given to us. Because like the book of um, Colossians, Effectively, what Paul begins to say as we travel through the rest of this is that God is doing a new thing amongst these people. He's birthing something different. They were a different expression of what it meant to follow God in Colossae. Now, yes, they came up against lots of trials. They came up against lots of opposition. Um, False teachers infiltrated and heresy became a part of it. As we go through this book, we'll see that Paul very clearly stands against some of that because these letters that Paul writes to the early church are to encourage them and also to chasten them, to to pull them back um, to where they need to be. But this is new territory. This is exciting times. Um, Verse 5 says, The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up in heaven. You already have. You heard about the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you all over the world. This gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing amongst you since the day you heard it and understood it. God's grace in all its truth. I wonder, is God doing a new thing amongst us, the church today? Is he doing a new thing here amongst us, the believers in Dervolgi? Is he igniting faith? hope and love within us? 
Has he given us the strength and the courage not only to hold the importance of the gospel, but to begin to tell and to share and to show it to the people around us? And that's not to say that that hasn't been happening. That's not to say that that doesn't already happen. But often as we dig into the scriptures, the Holy Spirit kind of prompts us, pokes us, shifts one or two of us in a new way, in a different way, to think, oh, maybe that's me today. As I said earlier, the the early church, as you read through these letters, is both filled with good things and with heresy. Uh, Filled with those moments where they've gone astray, they haven't held to the truth that's been given to them. They've allowed false teachers to come in and to infiltrate them and to um, tell them something and they've believed it. That's the important thing whenever you're sitting there, in one sense at the moment, passively receiving from what it is that I'm saying, you need to be able to check and balance that against what it says in the Word of God, not just because I'm saying it. Well, I do hope that you can trust it, but you know what I mean by that. There's a sense that actually we need to take responsibility and not take on board things just because somebody else has said them, which is such a part of our culture today, isn't it? all the social media posts. Oh, I saw that on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram. It must be true. It's out there. It must be true. But it might not be. So whenever you hear something being taught to you, and the back of your head you're going, I'm not really sure if that's right or not. Take it back to the Word of God. Take it back to the Scriptures. Test it and see whether it's right or not. And sometimes we look at these letters, especially Colossians, and we think, whoa, Paul must have had everything sorted. He's able to say all those things. But he wrote this letter whenever he was in prison. He was in prison uh, under Roman occupation. And because of his faith and his, his unwillingness to deny Jesus and to be quiet for Jesus. And so he's in prison scribing these letters and sending them out so that the church can remain true and faithful. Because Paul has the authority and need it listened to. And today the scriptures have the authority and need to be listened to for us as the church in this place. Without dealing and dwelling too long in the next two words, um, because we will look at them an awful lot more in the next coming weeks, the mega themes of this book is his sufficiency and his supremacy. That Jesus is all sufficient. That in him we find everything that we need for salvation, for forgiveness, for grace, for truth, for healing, for all of those things. He is all sufficient. And he is supreme. He is the head of of all things, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. There is nothing higher than the Lord Jesus Christ. Part of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is the fullness of our salvation. And if we look to anywhere else for it, then we're looking in the wrong place. That's what this scripture is teaching us. And so as we come to remember his life, his death, and his resurrection today, 
We come to remember the one complete and all-sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Have you received him as your saviour? Have you asked him for the forgiveness of your sins? Is he the one who is all-sufficient and all-supreme in your life, in my life? Because that's the big mega theme of this book. And the question that comes after that is that we need to take responsibility to mature in our own faith. Yes, I can be a part of that. Yes, I can encourage you in that. Yes, I can prompt you. I can push you. I can shove you. I can do all of those things. But you need to take responsibility for your faith, for your journey with Jesus. How are you growing with him today? Where are you on that journey? Because being rooted in Jesus is both necessary and fulfilling. And that's the exciting thing that we're going to hear more about in the weeks that are yet to come. Both necessary and fulfilling. All sufficient and all supreme. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The gospel that we hold and tell. The gospel that we grow in together as believers in this place. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are indeed present. Not only present, but you are willing to enable and enact change in each of our lives because of what you have done and because of who you are, not because of who I am or what I have done. So help us to be wholeheartedly sold out for you. In Jesus' name. As we conclude today, may the peace of the Lord which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen.